It's our current situation. Social distancing, working from home, school is closed. Our whole world is different this week than it was last week. Now, in addition to everything else you do, you've become a homeschooling parent. How do you do it? What, what should the day look like? How do you make it work? Maybe the first thing you do is relax. Becoming better parents, partners, and people, this is the Positively Dad Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm James Shaw, host of Positively Dad, and I'm thankful that you're here with us today. I started Positively Dad over a year ago to be a resource to you, to help you out, and I feel like that this is needed now more than maybe it's ever been, because everything has been flipped upside down. With this coronavirus, the world has come to a stop and the rules have changed. Chances are, right now, you are balancing a job, if you still have it, and your kid's school at home. They're moving to digital learning, online learning, different things. Maybe they don't have anything for you right now. Who knows? So your daily life looks different right now than you're used to. So what do you do? Well, I want to help you with it today. My wife, Terry, and I are the proud parents of an eight-year-old girl, a second grader, now a homeschooled second grader. Her name is Naomi. She's going to join us at the end of the podcast to share her thoughts on what she's thinking about in the kid's corner. And I wanted to help you out today as you move into that homeschool. Now, maybe you've already been doing it for a little bit. For us, we are starting this week. We just ended our spring break, and, and we did some work at home over the last week and decided, though, just to go ahead and relax and take a break. So for us in Pinellas County, Florida, the Tampa Bay area, we're starting our official homeschool this week, and it'll still be another week until we get a lot of guidance from the school system. So I wanted to reach out and find someone who could help us kind of prepare. So our conversation today is really going to be geared toward parents of elementary school age kids because that's the kind of kid I have, an eight-year-old, and the person who I talked to today has an elementary-aged kid and is an elementary-aged teacher. Her name is Jessica Gentry. She's been on the podcast before, and I invite you to go back and listen to that episode. It's really good, one of our most listened to ever. Jessica was a kindergarten teacher for more than 10 years. She can do anything, anything from pre-K up through third grade. She's also the parent of a seven-year-old girl, And so I reached out to her and said, Jessica, can you help us walk through what things should look like? Because now all of a sudden, we've got to be educators as well. And she said, absolutely, let's do it. Because she thinks that there's some ideas going out there, some stuff you're seeing in social media that might actually do more harm than good when it comes to homeschooling your child. So it's an important conversation. We're going to jump in and have it right now. Jessica, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Absolutely. Thanks for asking me to do this today. Well, welcome back. I'm happy to have you back and chat with you a little bit. We're going to put your teacher hat back on. So (laughs) I know you're not actively teaching the classroom right now, and yet you did for a long time. Tell people a little bit about your background. Um, So I think this is important. I was thinking about this before the call to kind of set up some credibility. Since I'm not in the classroom anymore, um, I left in June of 2019. I taught kindergarten for 12 years, and I think some of the things I may talk about, it's important to know kind of the area. We are a farm town, a farm county surrounding um, a city, and we're also the refugee resettlement location, one of the biggest for the East Coast. So a lot of dynamics um, within the classroom, especially pertaining to what we're going to be talking about today with this whole what to do from home and school expectations and things like that. There's a lot that plays into all those different dynamics. I have a seven-year-old of my own. Yeah, I 
So yeah, that's what I'm, I've been advocating for teachers since I left. Um, yeah. Social emotional health was a huge um, part of what I did and a huge part of what I saw in the classroom. And so I think that's something to talk about today as well. So I'm just really excited to, to be able to talk about it. Well, I'm happy to have you back and, and I'm, I'm glad that you're here because I think what's happening for a lot of parents now, I mean, basically every school in the country is closed for all intents and purposes. I mean, I imagine there's some open. Most people though are out of school here. They say they'll reevaluate in the 15th of April and some districts are, you know, are closed through May. I mean, who knows what? So now we have parents who all of a sudden have become a mom and dad. I'm working and I'm homeschooling my kid. And, you know, you were a kindergarten teacher. So I think we're going to talk like that elementary age, right? That early elementary age, maybe a little older. And I think some of them are freaking out about what am I going to do all day? And, and I just wanted to go, well, let's get the perspective of a teacher because maybe you don't actually have to do that much. Yeah. And I've also seen, so I've stayed plugged into um, teacher communities primarily on Facebook and I've seen so many different expectations. Um, and so I think that's playing into this too. In neighboring counties, some, like for my daughter, I actually have it behind me on the printer. She sent home, well, emailed, um, just some suggested things to do. Other counties are having to meet their students, like on Skype and things, from the hours of 9 a.m. until 2. Each state is different. And so I feel very fortunate that um, we're being you know, given resources, and some haven't been given resources, they were given resources, and there hasn't really been that heavy weight. The, her principal's been emailing weekly. His email basically said, if you want to do arts, you know, paint a picture. If you want to do science, you know, take a walk outside, and it's been very refreshing. Um, but I was actually having this conversation with Myron the other night, and when I really think about it, I've seen all of these colorful eight hour a day um, schedules being shared. And I could not imagine being a parent not with, without an educational background and seeing those schedules from you know, your best friend or your neighbor down the street thinking, oh my gosh, I have to do that. <laughs> so I really started thinking the other night I thought about one kid out of the 21 that I had, and I, and I kind of followed him through our day, my final year. And when I really thought about it, I would see that student a max hour and 15 minutes of direct instruction. Um, a lot of the time, it was spent um, in independent centers, going to lunch, going to recess, um, specials, free, like, free, uh, exploratory kind of uh, literacy and math centers. But my direct time with that student was an hour and 15 max <laughs> with a lot of breaks in, the, in that schedule because their attention span, they, your kids aren't bad. <laughs> that is developmentally appropriate for them to only be able to sit there with you, mom and dad, for five to 10 minutes before they need something else to do. So I think, I think that first and foremost, is to just let go of the expectation of, of, an, of a regular school day because we don't even see your kids directly for eight hours. So have, uh, have some understanding that it's all right for them to do stuff that's not sitting at a desk and filling out a worksheet that you've downloaded from fr some free website for teachers for worksheets. 
Yeah. And that it's okay that if you, to go ahead and give them the tablet and let them play on an app for a while mm -hmm. um, and let them go outside. I mean, that's the thing. We don't have to go and sit down and just feel like we're a teacher because we aren't a trained teacher. Right. And I think and on the topic of worksheets too, when I think about my time in the classroom, I would get requests a lot from parents you know, thinking they were doing the proactive thing by saying, we're going on vacation for a week, can you send me work home? And as a kindergarten teacher, that's really hard to do because we don't typically do worksheets. If your child in my classroom was bringing a worksheet home, it was independent work, not stuff that, that he or she was doing with me directly. Um, I can't send Unifix cubes and pattern blocks on your trip to, you know, to, to Cabo <laughs> on the airplane. You don't want to take all those things, and I can't afford to send those resources with you. Um, so I think that plays into it, too, the developmentally appropriateness of what we are asking them to do from home. Um, and I think, I think so, I think we forget that there's so much that we do in our day-to-day -day lives that our kids miss out on because they are in school, that allow, now that they have the, the time to be with us while we're doing it, it's hugely beneficial. Kara the other day saw me um, working in my planner in the office and she said, <laughs> she said, you have to pay for your car every month? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Just the real world applications that they're, they're now able to see from a day-to-day -day basis. That's education that you can't get in the classroom. Well, that's what was my next question, is what are some of those just day-to-day -day life things that you think would be valuable for our kids to learn? Because your daughter and my daughter are about the same age, right? Naomi just turned eight. Kara's how old? Seven. She'll be eight in July. Okay, right. So they're about the same age, so they're going to have kind of the same questions and things. So what, what are the day-to-day -day things that we as grown-ups do that you think would apply to our young elementary kids? Gosh, I think about, well, she's been baking with me a lot. She always has, but more so now. Um, and getting her involved in just, like, I think there's some, like, when I think about my friends who were younger, like, in their early 20s, and the questions they ask me when I put meal prep type things, because that's my other job now is health and fitness. And they're like, how do you, how do you not spend eight hours in the kitchen making your food for the week? So she's able to see me now cooking multiple things and like, like, like doing different things and managing my time that way. That's hugely beneficial. Baking, laundry, um, doing those things that I feel like when kids come home, and I've said this a lot, um, just other things that I've done, they're, they're maxed out for the day you're going to have so many more like tiffs and fights with them because they're just as mentally drained as you are. You're now able to ask them to take on more domestically <laughs> because they're not so drained. Um, they're not so prone to kind of explode. So she's happily, I mean, not that she's, I'm also blessed because she sleeps well, she listens, she's well-mannered. I know that that's not always the case, but she, she puts her laundry away, she makes her bed, she has a morning routine that will lead into, into adulthood. Those skills that I'm, I'm beginning to see at the end of my teaching career are just missing. Clean up after yourself. Um, how to keep yourself entertained 
and not rely on another person and not rely necessarily on electronics either. Sorry, Myron is mowing outside <laughs> by the window if you can hear that. Um, but just involving them, like I said, she was watching me kind of go through and, um, and look at my bills for the month and getting them involved outside. He was just tinkering around on the lawn, like with the lawnmower, messing with that kind of stuff. The older kids, you know, dads, that's a way to get the, you know, your sons involved in those type of just domestic kind of things that they're not going to get access to at school. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I'm, and I also think about for, for like you and me, we're both parents of onlys. And so mm -hmm. we've got, I, I, I've, I don't know if that's good, bad or otherwise when it comes to a situation like this. I don't know if it's easier or harder, whatever your situation is, your situation. Right. And, um, and, and yet we don't have, hey, you know what, you, you don't, I can't say to Naomi, hey, I want you to also take care of your little brother because there is no little brother. So there seems to be, I would think for a parents of an only, like even more, maybe more pressure to keep that one kid entertained because they're not used to it. And who knows if you've got six kids on my neighbor's five doors down, they got three kids, they got to figure out how to manage. So this is definitely a big deal for a lot of people. Now I'm curious about what is, what do you think your day is going to look like tomorrow with, with Kara and what, how you are going to kind of organize your day. And I'm curious if we could maybe use that as a model. Yeah, so um, we usually get up between, we usually get up about an hour before she does, which is necessary for me and my sanity. I need that hour just before she gets up. Um, but what we've been doing, and I work from home, so it's very similar to what the winter time would look like with just more structured things, because like I said, her teacher did send some stuff home. Um, and I have to work. Like, I have things that I have to do. The age that she's at, and the materials that were sent home in our case are all things that are review and can be done independently um, by her. And so what we, I can tell you what we did on, on Thursday, she got up, we had breakfast, she helped me with that. And then we played Skippo because that's her love language. She likes time spent and, she, you know, games like that are amazing. She's a cheater. She cheats. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of critical thinking that goes into planning five steps out when you cheat. So that is, in itself is, uh, you know, <laughs> is so a you're saying it's okay. She's still learning. With Absolutely. That. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, but then we've been getting her, she reads after that game usually, and I get some of my work done and then I let her go play outside. She, she went outside for about an hour on Thursday morning. It was beautiful here. And then when she came back in, she wanted a shake. And I said, cool, like, I'll make a shake for you. But you're going to pick one of these journal topics. And while you're drinking your shake, I want you to journal. And so she worked independently doing that while I was in the office working. We had lunch. Um, she has been checking out the Mo Willems uh, lunchtime doodles. We've been doing those. Those are fantastic, by the way. And I, just real quick to interject, and then we'll get back to your schedule. There are so many super awesome creative people who are providing free content right now on social media, and, and that's one of them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and so, so as a teacher, you would say to utilize that, though. I mean, go ahead and let your kids have access to that stuff. And it's okay to let them spend 20, mi 20 minutes with Mo and learn how to sketch out an elephant. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. And I think it was, it was cool for me because she was, <laughs> he went, he went kind of fast on day one and she was like, Whoa, Mo, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> so that well, his, his day two was a lot better than day one. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Mo is learn. I've, I've watched him with you. Mo's learning just like the rest of us are. And yeah. day two was way better than day one. <laughs> and then Josh Gad is doing this, this reading. Have you seen those yet? No. Okay. You've got to pull them up. You know, Josh Gaddy's Olaf in Frozen. And he, uh -huh. every day at, I don't know what time, maybe five Eastern or so on his Twitter and Instagram, he is live reading a book, which probably opens up some sort of problem. He's doing it anyway. And he's so good at it. Like, it's just so fun to sit and listen to him do these voices and stuff like that. So that's another one to go check out. Nice. Um, yeah. So we've been doing that every day at one hour time. And then I've been letting her either go back out. Um, Myron's working from home now too. So he's in the bedroom. I'm in the office. So we have to mm -hmm. figure that out. Um, I've been letting her go back out if it's nice while I um, go work out or shower, whatever I'm doing at that time. Or she watched Charlotte's Web this week and I did not feel bad about that at all. Um, well, I think we've got to give ourselves some grace here, Jessica. Don't you agree that... Uh, I saw somebody, uh, it was actually a person I'd had on the podcast, KJ Delantonia had been on the podcast with me before, and she posted two schedules. And one of them had mm -hmm. all this stuff kind of mapped out. And then the other schedule said frozen lunch, frozen <laughs> two. I don't know yeah. if you saw this. And she said, both of these are okay. Like they, they really are. We're just about surviving right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then after that, like three o'clock, we've been doing the Cincinnati Zoo, which has been great for me too. I think it's, that's amazing. Um, followed by Scholastic is doing, I think it's 20 days, but they may extend it, I'm not sure, where you get to pick your child's grade level. Kara's a reader, there is no fussing from, at all from her. Um, you pick your child's grade level, a book is read aloud to them, and then they read a book, and then there's some comprehension that goes along with it. And then that's at the Cincinnati Zoo. What are they doing? They're doing um, different like safari. They're calling it a safari with animals every day. So they've done the penguins. I think they did the lions on Thursday. They started with Fiona the hippo on Monday. And so it's just taking because no one can go there. <laughs> mm -hmm. So they're just taking you through and letting um, during the live stream, you can ask questions with the zookeepers. That's very cool. So you kind of have a model blocked out and you're using a lot of the services out there so that uh, both you and your fiance can get stuff done, right? You guys can still keep working and doing the things you've got to do. Mm -hmm. Here's uh, the, another thing I want to talk about though, are these poor teachers who have had their lives thrown for a loop. Now for us, we are wrapping up spring break. And uh, so we were supposed to go to London, canceled. So then we said we were going to go to Mexico, canceled. And then we were just going to go to this place about an hour south of us, canceled, right? And so we are kind of starting the stuff tomorrow. So the teachers come back tomorrow and the school isn't necessarily giving us a bunch of stuff because they've all been on spring break and teachers deserve their break, right? And I found though on our little elementary school Facebook page, somebody posted, and I'm not going to call this parent out or tell you the name of the school, uh, Am I the only parent perplexed at the fact that our kids are not starting digital learning sooner? Uh, starting next week, I plan on having my kids and she kind of walks through what they're going to do using Clever and Dreambox and all that kind of stuff you're probably familiar with. And yet she's frustrated the school hasn't already provided something brand new that they weren't intending on doing at all. So I'm curious about how can we help our education community right now as parents? 
<sighs> I just, so I've seen this too, and I still work with a lot of teachers within my health and fitness coaching. And one in a different state, not mine or yours, she was told, you know, very empathetically from her from her administration, um, very a very human response. I think um, compassionate. He was like, "You have families too. Um, this is very real. You could have grandparents in nursing homes. You know, compromise like just that compassion." He was like, "Don't worry about it. We're going to provide some resources, and um, other than that, we're not going to do we're not going to do the Google classrooms and all of those things." Meanwhile, her daughter attends elementary school in a different district and was given um, a 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., has to sign in for attendance kind of schedule. The fourth day of this, um, her principal received an email from a disgruntled parent asking the same thing, why aren't we doing that? Within 24 hours, they had to put it all together and they start tomorrow. Hmm. So I just... I, I are think the parent, real quick, Jess, I'm sorry. Are, are the parents overreacting to this a little bit? Are we, is there just this concern that our kid's going to fall behind and they've got to be in this building? I, I, I mean, I guess that's what I feel like is going on. Yeah, and I, that's kind of what I was going to say. I, I feel like I can't speak to a parent of a high school senior. I can't even begin to imagine how that must feel. Um, but when I think about, I'm certified pre-K through three, when I think about those kiddos, um, and the teachers of those kiddos. I just think that I think, I think parents are scrambling. I think there is a lot of unknown and uncertainty and we all deal with that differently. I think we're, we are wanting normalcy where there isn't any right now. And so it comes out in, in different ways, whether it's hoarding toilet paper or, snapping at the clerk at the grocery store or wanting this this online give me something why aren't you doing your job kind of thing um i think those are the various ways that this instability is is coming out and i really think that if we all just could pause and and think about the kids first and foremost we have kids that that aren't getting three meals a day we have kids who are in third grade and their parents have to work and now all of a sudden they're babysitters to all of the younger siblings. We have kids who, when they're five, they're having their birth, it gives me goosebumps, it's their birthday and they can't see their friends and they can't bring their special cupcakes in. And it all seems so trivial to us, but to them it's real. This is a huge thing. They're hearing bits and pieces of adult conversations and doom and gloom news, and they're going to bed at night and processing that. I just, if, if we are as adults reacting this way to instability, they are too. They're just, they, kids are so, bless their hearts, they want to always give the response that they think that we want. So they're going to act like they're okay. They're going to act like it's not a big deal. But I'm telling you, it's bubbling under the surface, and we just don't know. Um, and I, I think that's what we're missing the most with all of this, is that, yes, of course, they want to see their friends. And I think it's really cool that teachers are doing Google Classrooms and Zoom calls with four and five and six-year-olds on the screen, which is hilarious to see. But as far as expectations, everybody, 
I can't think of a single person's world who hasn't been completely in some way impacted and, and they feel it too. Um, I, I don't think that, I don't think that they're going to lose school progress. And again, I say this as a mom of a seven year old who does very well in school. Um, so take that. That's my experience. I, I don't fear that she's going to lose of anything. We still do read alouds like normal. Um, she enjoys, she enjoys learning. She enjoys playing games. She enjoys doing those things. So I do feel fortunate. But I also think that in a different way, we're kind of at home experiencing what teachers experience at school when kids come and their social emotional development isn't there yet. And so trying to give them the education information, it's just you keep hitting a brick wall. The same thing is gonna start happening at home. They're worried, they're confused. They can't go see grandma and grandpa or play with the kids next door, but we want an eight to two pretty schedule from the teachers. And, and even if you have that, you're gonna start hitting that, that wall because um, their emotional tank is just as full as yours. Okay, so is the message to these dads and moms to just relax? Yeah, I mean, I, I would ask why add more, more pressure to your own self right now? Yeah, well, what's the take home message then as we wrap up? What's the one thing you want our listeners to get uh, from our conversation as they move forward into you know, this kind of new week of what school might look like for who knows the foreseeable future? I say, I, I just feel like, and this is, this is kind of my, the way I, I just live life now. Do what works for you. And if you find yourself seeing those schedules and seeing pictures of beautiful homeschool glimpses and snapshots, and you find yourself comparing, you need to get off social media. Um, you have a gift right now. Like how many, I've, I've, I know we've all seen the quote, you have how many weekends with your kid until they turn 18. You've lit, it gives me goosebumps. We've literally been given the time that we always talk about we wish we had. Um, and no one's gonna send their kid back to school in September and think, darn, if I have just done that 72 page packet, my child would be a better human. No one's gonna say that. <laughs> um, I just, don't look back on this time for what it could have been and feel regretful that you chose to follow someone else's highlight reel on social media because that's what they are. I mean, Kara argues with me all the time, but I don't show that on social media. Yeah, I just think we've been given a gift and spend it in a way that feels right for your family. That's awesome. Well, thank you for taking time away from yours, although you've got a bunch of time with them. So maybe this is a gift to you um, to, to join us today. Jessica, I truly appreciate it very much. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Great stuff from Jessica. I trust you got some value out of it. I did. Here's the, the takeaways for us and how we're going to kind of look at things from our family standpoint. Number one, figure out what's right for your family and set up a plan for your family. Don't worry that the super dad or super mom on Instagram has the most perfect thing planned out and that their child is getting the best education ever on the planet. Do what you can to make it work. Number two, 
every second of every day doesn't have to be structured. This is a challenge for me. I feel like, you know, we can't be on the tablet or do this or do that. And we actually can. And let's think about some resources that might exist out there that we can use. I'd love to learn about what Cincinnati Zoo is doing. I saw there's 10 different museums that are doing virtual learning that you can just jump on and utilize. So think about what things exist out there that we can use. And then the other one, what can they learn about helping out around the house that's of value as well? Can, um, you know, she talked about learning about a car payment. And for here, it's going to be a couple of more chores. And then we're also going to get outside and play. I mean, that's what's going to happen for us. Okay, so we're going to wrap up the way we wrap up every episode of Positively Dad. And that is with a visit to the Kids Corner where Naomi kind of shares her thoughts about stuff. And I said, hey, would you talk about homeschool? Because we've done a couple days of it and we've got more coming. So we're going to find out what she really thinks right now in the Kids' Corner. Ever wonder what's on the mind of your children? Let's find out in the Kids' Corner with your host, Naomi. Hello, this is Naomi Shaw. And today I'm going to be talking about homeschool and a little bit about parents. So homeschool, um, it will be a little fun sometimes. And maybe, just maybe. And parents might get a little strict. You might not have a little bit of fun. But I had to power through that for like three days. And it gets more fun, like on the fourth day. And the um, parents might like say, can you please try this again? Or can you please write your name on it? Or that's the best work you ever did. That's it for me. We're going to have a great day. Bye. Well, there you go. It might be the best work you've ever done. And it gets better on the fourth day. Don't forget that part. It gets better on the fourth day. You know, it's all changing for everybody. I know it's nerve-wracking. It can be a little bit scary. Um, There's a lot going on. Let's remember that our kids follow us. And that as relaxed and calm as we can be, and when we can create a routine for them to follow, it's going to make their life easier. It'll make yours easier, too. To help you out, we've posted some resources with several hundred free educational uh, websites and and things available to you on our Positively Dad Facebook page. So go to Facebook, search Positively Dad, scroll down a little bit, and you'll find it there. I mean, some of these things are amazing and will really help you through this time. I want to thank you for listening. I trust you've got some value out of this conversation today. If you have... Let us know. Share it with somebody. Subscribe, review, and rate us wherever you're listening. Follow us on social media as well. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad. And then finally, I'd like to hear what you're doing. I want to do more of these episodes and yet hear what families all around America are doing to make it through this time. So email me and let me know, james at PositivelyDad.com. Maybe we'll even have you on the show to walk through some things with people as well. Thanks for listening. Moms and dads, you will get through this. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Let's just take it one day at a time and do the best we can for our families. I'm James Shaw. Talk to you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.